Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. Welcome to episode four of Location Matters. My name's Adam Mullet. I'm the marketing manager at NGIS, and I'm joined today by Executive Director of NGIS, Richard Bentley. Hello, Adam. How's it going? And one of the most innovative people in the WA government, CEO of Landgate, Jody Cant. Thanks, Adam. So let's kick things off with you, Jody. You've been the CEO of Landgate for almost two years now. What do you see as Landgate's role as being a provider of spatial services uh, and data for West Australians going forward? Okay, so the Landgate business has three distinct areas. We have our registry business, which is your property titles and and documents. We have our valuations business, which is valuations for rating and taxing. And we have our location and spatial services business. And all of those three things fit seamlessly together. So our role is making sure that the information and data that we've got um, stored here is stored you know, safely, that we um, have our systems available for people to transact on. And from a purely spatial and location data area, we also manage the state's open data policy. So as you can imagine, that means we have lots of inroads into lots of other government agencies. Okay, I mean, Landgate's sort of unique, right? I mean, you guys are selling data uh, and selling services to industry. I mean, how, how does Landgate, as the Land Information Authority, benchmark against other similar departments around Australia? Really good question, because there's no one quite like us. Probably the most like us is LINS, uh, so Land Information New Zealand. They're, they have a similar kind of structure. There's no one else in Australia quite like us. So we don't benchmark against government. Uh, what we do is try and find best of breed in our industry and benchmark against that because really we want to be best of breed at whatever we do, not best of government or best of spatial. Yeah, um, one thing I'd like to add to that, uh, Jody, is also, you know, from the old Wallace days where you had the Wallace umbrella, which is the Western Australian Land Information, I suppose, system or service, um, you've got that tension between... Um, providing an income for Landgate and also that, that community, uh, you know, based topographic information as well. How do you, how do you deal with those, uh, I suppose, the, the tension between the two? You know, you've got to provide a community service being a, a, a government agency of sorts and also, you know, making a buck for the, uh, for the government and for, the, uh, for Western Australia. It is quite a unique style of tension that many statutory authorities have, and we still have Wallace as part of Landgate. Wallace sits in Spur, and Spur is our location and innovation data hub. How do we manage the tension? How I look at it is the more efficient I can run my own business and the more money I can make on the commercial side, the better I can do things on the community side. So for me to be able to run the community sector really efficiently, if I if I apply prudent commercial um, acumen to the community side, I can do more for the community and I can pay for it with the commercial side. So it's not as hard a balancing act as you might think. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jody, you were one of the, the trailblazers in WA government. You set up around 10 years ago one of the first innovation um, centres I mean, 
how was it done? Tell us a little bit about what it was like back then. I mean, how did you get from being government employee, government agency, and then starting this innovation hub? Yeah, we were actually the first innovation program, formal innovation program in government anywhere in Australia. So when I first uh, came up with the idea for it, I pitched it to my chief executive, a gentleman called Graham Searle, uh, a very innovative man himself. And Graham's advice to me was, think it's a good idea. And when I asked him for direction, he said, I've got your back. Now, that doesn't sound like much direction, but what it did give me was complete freedom to come up with something. So I guess my background probably lends into that a little bit. I'm a playwright um, and I'm an economist, which is an unusual mixture. Wow. And I come from quite a remote town in WA. So I guess I have a really interesting combination that, that leads me to think a bit outside the square and to be quite comfortable with creativity and and comfortable with doing a, a lot with li- a, a little. And all of those things fed into the Langate Innovation Program. Do you think it was a um, coincidence, Richard, that the first innovation program in Australia was in spatial technology? Uh, I don't think so. It seems to be that it's um, the basis for a lot of the things that we do, especially in Western Australia being a resource-based um you know, economy. It just allows us to uh, open up uh, to a whole bunch of different things. What I was going to say about Graham backing you, Jody, was he actually seeded innovation with that I've got your back by allowing you to innovate to start with, which I think is amazing. Ten years on, what do you think you've achieved? Well, ten years on, we've the the main thing we've achieved is we've had a massive cultural change inside the agency. So when I first pitched the program, my view of success for the program was no innovation program. So that sounds counterintuitive, but what I wanted to see after, and I, and I said at the time, fifteen years, and that was better than all the all the other companies around the world were saying you need at least 20 years to ingrain something in a culture. So I said after 15 years, I'd like to see no innovation program. I just want to see an innovative business. And I think we're well on the way to that. So in 10 years, we have um, spun off two companies, two startup companies, a little company called Earthmine Australia, which is absolutely in the spatial field, another company that's an IT tech provider, Advara, which is more in the registry platform side of things. We've uh, seeded startups, so we've helped many startups now through Spur, either through grants or advice. We've got over a 1,000 government data sets made available through our shared location information platform. So we really do lead that data sharing and cost uh, savings across government. And we've, we've got significant savings of real dollars that government have been able to make because they've been able to share data. So all of those things have been a great cultural change within the organisation. We've run healthy profits. And, you know, recently, if you read the press, you'll see that there's a scoping study underway on monetising more of Langate's assets for the state. So I think we've really been a success story for the state. If someone came to you and said, I'd like to replicate what you've been able to achieve, what, what would you tell them to do? What's What are the first steps? I would say the first step is uh, make sure that you have backing. And I don't mean financial backing, but make sure that you have a mandate from the very top because if you work inside a big government agency as this was when I 
when I started, the number of people that will tell you no and it can't be done, it, I've lost count of the people who've told me that in this department. So make sure that you've got the backing and then you've got to be really willing to build relationships with people. You've got to be relentless. You've got to be prepared to bash your head on walls until the walls give in. You've got to never take no for an answer. Um, you've got to be a bit courageous and people in government and some public servants, that's not a natural space for us. So all of those things, back yourself. Um, I've always believed that wherever there was chaos, there was opportunity. Some people avoid chaos. I like to jump into it. All of those things I think are, are really helpful and being quite pragmatic and fiercely protective of what you've developed because particularly when they're small, anyone can kill a program if you, you know, take your eye off it for a minute. And for many years, uh, up until very recently, I would still have to have the argument about whether or not Landgate should continue an innovation program. And Richard, we, we've dealt with Landgate a lot um, over the years at NGIS, and I think we like to think that Landgate's a little bit different, a little bit more innovative, uh, and it, maybe even closer to a, a private organisation. I mean, how do you think it's it's different? I mean, you, we're in a, we're a private organisation. This is a government department, though it's a little bit special. What do you think the change, the differences are in behaviour? We've been involved with Landgate for about fifteen years, and over that over that time, we've seen them uh, move away from you know that uh, that community based you know. Uh, custodian of information to looking at the data and then the products that can be abstracted from the data that uh, that Landgate have. Um, and Jody's uh, innovation program has seen, you know, a, a bunch of uh, products come out of that. And with that comes the that entrepreneurial spirit that uh, that allows you to, uh, to experiment um, and to not be constrained by, you know, a mandate that's been set by government directly. So, I think that, um, and they've also got, they've also gone through a massive restructure, and so they're doing a lot more with less, which is incredible. And Jody has uh, sort of said in previous articles that, um, you know, uh, there was a what a thirty was it a thirty percent downturn in the uh, registry. Uh, income, but you still managed to make a $25 million uh, profit o- over the same period. Uh, yeah, so in the worst property market for 30 years, uh, we made a $26 million profit last year. And the whole of government is under this pressure to do more with less. And I challenge that idea right from the start because I think it's quite disempowering. So from my perspective, I don't believe you can do more with less, nor should you, but you can be smarter with less and you can do better with less. And that's the message I give to my staff. So you've, you've sort of um, allowed that to help focus uh, Landgate as well with the things that you, you know, that you can do, want to do and must do. Uh, so is that something that you've used as a lever in the business as you've been, uh, you know, sculpting and changing what the business looks like? Look, definitely, as I said, you know, out of out of chaos comes opportunity and I actually think out of budget downturn, comes great opportunity for the sector, the whole public sector, to work with private enterprise in a more effective way. I think public sector still has lots and lots of duplication and we see every day people replicating what we have already got available and is already funded through data.wa.gov.au. So it's quite frustrating because you just see public money being wasted and there's still so much more of that we can do. 
why? I mean, I suppose the question is from an outsider uh, to government: Why does that? Why does that occur? Or why? Why is it allowed to occur? Oh, look, that it'll get me into trouble. Probably my answer to the question. I think there's a number of reasons. I think some of the vendors that are out there actually um, make it look very attractive to people to have their own version of things and I think the vendors are under obviously under pressure to do sales and and vendors you know like like their um their number of customers to go up I think some public servants like to have control of what they what they have um and they feel if they've got a copy of it then you know no one can take it away I think that's really old-fashioned business models and I think there's there are companies much more like yourselves like NGOs who actually want to partner with people and take the whole business forward so they're the kind of partners that I look forward um, look for in in business and they're certainly the the kind of partners I believe will be successful in the future the door-to-door salesman saying buy my platform or the agency saying I'm going to replicate everything will be found out eventually and in times of tight budget you know we've got to work as partners and concentrate where our strengths are a lot of this conversations around the culture of an organization and richard said before it's jody's program but let's not pump your tires up too much what are the what's the environment you have to build for other people inside the organization to actually be successful at that innovation like what are the what are the building blocks in a government context yeah look it's certainly not jody's Jody's program uh, it's it's Langate's program and I'm really proud of that if it was my program it would be dead by now because I would have lost I would have lost interest and you know then something else would would have happened so other people smarter than me run the innovation program now you need to be have an environment where people feel that they can have a go you need to have an environment where people are willing to give things a try be courageous you need to have an environment that accepts failure and doesn't punish you for it Uh, you need an environment that actually allows time for that kind of thinking and a willingness for people to you know play with things that may or may not come off so all of those things I I guess a safe environment you also obviously need the technology and the tools that you can work with and and you need to be open to having partnerships and having conversations and certainly the work that Spurs doing now with some of some really exciting new startup businesses businesses like Money Catcher that are looking at you know blockchain apps and InstaTruck, which is like an Uber for haulage um, and building approvals these guys are creating new business and Part of the reason they've been able to be successful is the support we've been able to give them through Spurs. So I'm really proud of that. I don't need to develop every new company, but if I can say here's 50 companies that Landgate and Spur have helped develop, then you know I'm I'm happy. My minister's happy. Everyone's happy. So Jody, how how do people get in contact with Spur? What is there a selection process? Is it a bit like the, a grant scheme? Um, is there a bottomless pit of money? Uh, do you allocate it, you know, how, how does it how does it work and how does it get allocated? Because people, you know, would like to know and this is an opportunity to, you know, broaden the reach. Sure. So, of course, there's not a bottomless pit of money. If there was a bottomless pit of money, yeah. I would... I would probably not be sitting here if I could create that. Uh, look, Spur is open for everybody to contact. You can find them at spur.wa.gov.au. There's all sorts of support services available for free through Spur. So you can have access to some of our data. You can have access to our people. We have a bit of co-working space. Um, all of those kind of things are 
are available for very little money. We have Spur developer licenses, which means that you can have access to very, very rich data sets without paying out the full license that you would if you were a a commercial provider to test your products. We also do Spur grant rounds and we've done a couple of those and they are by application and they are judged and the ones with the most merit obviously awarded up to $20,000 to to kick a start off up off. Now that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but if you're working in your back shed, it can be the difference between getting it up and running and, and the idea never, never taking hold. So all of those things, but Spurs open for business and anyone can certainly contact them. And Spurs had a few really good success stories that we've seen in, in the marketplace. Are there any other departments that you'd like to see, um, in, you know, in different industries or even in different States start up a structured innovation program? Well, I mean, just talking about this state government, I think every every government department owes it to the citizens of WA to have innovation of some form. Now, whether you need a program or whether you need it as a mindset or whether you need it as a, a KPI, uh, whatever, whatever actually works for you is the answer. But there is no excuse in this day and age for people not to be challenging the status quo. And the technology change and digital disruption is happening so fast. And, in fact, what's happening in, for government is our customers and our consumers are getting across new technology faster than we are. So, you know, 10 years ago when the iPhone was released, um, that kind of put a personal computer in everybody's hands and government have been slow to respond and citizens now want online, 24 hours, immediate service. So... There's no excuse, I don't think. Uh, I think every Director General and Chief Executive should have it as part of their performance indicators. All right, well, let's wrap up the podcast there. Are there any final thoughts from either of you, Richard or Jody, uh, about about innovation, about uh, government, about spatial? I suppose the next thing is if we could take uh, take Spur and you know involve other government agencies, I'm not sure whether they are being involved now, and you know, not replicated everywhere else, but have this central funnel for government to be able to innovate through. I think it'd be really exciting. Um, but have it, you know, drive like agriculture and you know the mining sector and things like that. Have those specialty veins, but through uh, through a, a single portal, I suppose, would be really awesome. Yeah, look, Spur does work with those agencies now and is certainly involved in all the hacks and things that go on and Unearthed and the, the ag hack that's that's coming up. Um, I, I think there's huge opportunities for government to share their data more widely and I'm really happy to put us at the forefront of that opportunity. Well, thank you very much both for joining us. If you'd like to hear more episodes of Location Matters, head to our website. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.